0: listening to InsuranceRadio.com. We sit down for personal conversations with the top insurance and financial advisors, executives, and regulators. Listen in to learn more about their ideas and personal stories at InsuranceRadio.com.
1: Alan Kerr was appointed the Arkansas Insurance Commissioner in 2015 by Governor Asa Hutchinson. Prior to his appointment, Kerr served three terms in the Arkansas House of Representatives, In the Arkansas General Assembly, Kerr served as chairman of the Joint Committee on Public Retirement and Social Security Programs, and served on a variety of other committees, subcommittees, and task forces, including the state and public schools and Life and Health Insurance Program Legislative Task Force. During the 88th General Assembly, Kerr served as vice chair of the House Insurance and Commerce Committee. Kerr brings to his position over three decades of experience in insurance and financial services. He opened the Kerr Agency in March of 81 and by its first year in business was ranked as the number one production in a district of 40 established agencies. In 2013, the agency was purchased by Delta Trust and Bank, which was later then purchased by Simmons Bank, becoming Simmons First Insurance, of which Kerr served as president. Kerr has been a recipient of many industry awards, including being a four-time member of the Million Dollar Roundtable for Life Insurance Production. He was also named Best Insurance Agent by Soiree Magazine in 2012 and 13. A former Justice of the Peace for Pulaski County, Kerr also served as the budget chair for the Pulaski County Quorum Court. Kerr and his wife, Marlies, live and make their home in Little Rock and are proud parents of four children and grandparents of five. We're here in Little Rock, Arkansas, talking with Commissioner Alan Kerr. Uh, welcome to our program, Commissioner.
0: Thank you. Glad to be here.
1: Say, uh, you've been the commissioner now in Arkansas for how long?
0: About six months. Really? Yeah.
1: Okay. It's, uh, now, did you, uh, had you been politically active uh, here in Arkansas?
0: Yes. Uh, just prior to becoming insurance commissioner, I served three terms in the House of Representatives here in Arkansas, uh, as a state rep. And, uh, uh, prior to that, I was a county justice of the peace.
1: Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, did I read in your bio that you also had an insurance agency before you got in the while well, you were in the legislature, but as a private practice?
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, we were. Um, I was an agency owner since about 1981. Um, started very, very young, and uh, um, you, you can't really make any money uh, serving in the legislature. So that is not a, that was, you know, kind of a side thing that I did to serve my public. And, uh, but we had an agency, my wife and I had an agency, uh, from about 1991 till, uh, uh, 2013 until at that point we sold it to a, um, um, a large bank, um, that was looking to, to get in the insurance business and uh, we struck a deal with them. And of course my wife and I were, um, retained to, to run the agency. Yeah.
1: I'm guessing you're uh, from Arkansas. What, your hometown?
0: My hometown was Jacksonville, Arkansas, which is about 30 miles north of Little Rock. Um, grew up there. I was born in Little Rock. My family lived in Jacksonville. My parents had a um, a business there. Uh, they they were self-employed. And me and my three sisters, two older, one younger, uh, grew up uh, working in the family business. Yeah. Uh, so we're, you're
1: you're a middle child. I I'm understand. a middle
0: child. I have one of those syndromes, yeah, yes. Yeah. But I was the only son, so I really didn't didn't end up with that middle child thing. Um, yeah, I mean, we used to. Uh, I can remember pushing in a, a, a milk crate up to the to the cash register so I could stand up and check people out at, at the cash register at a very very young age, like seven, eight, nine years old. So, um, being self-employed and the business world was very second nature to me because I grew up in it and knew all about, uh, um, stock and retention and, um, uh, bookkeeping and businesses and so forth. So, you know, a lot of that stuff kind of stuck as I, as I grew up. Was it a retail business? Yes, it was a grocery store, a grocery business in Jacksonville. We were one of the first, um, first real grocery stores in, inside of Jacksonville City Limits. Yeah. Um, so it, it goes back a long ways. Yeah.
1: Did it, was it an old-style grocery store uh, that had one of these freezer units, uh, like for frozen goods and stuff?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And, and a lot of times uh, I set up long nights trying to make sure those freezer units were continuing to run during bad weather and, and things like that. So uh, the yeah. last thing you want to do is walk in there the next morning and all your stock be yeah. melted.
1: Yeah. Now, did you work in the business,
0: family business, all the way through high school and then when you went off to college? Well, um, yes and no. Um, I worked in the family business until I was about 15 until uh, um, I went to my dad and asked him um, uh, for a raise, basically. Uh, I was getting about two bucks a week when uh, the high school kids that he had in there were getting paid by the hour, and I was doing three times the work. And um, his, his comment to me, he says, well, I'm not putting a roof over their head and, and uh, they're not using my electricity at the house, but I've got a better idea. He said, you're fired. <laughs> and so um, uh, he told me it was about time to go get a job on my own and uh, see what that was like. Now, keep in mind I was 15, about to be 16, um, and I, I thought I'd just been released from prison. So, um, uh, but he had two, two, uh, stipulations. He said, um, uh, you can't get a job at another grocery store for obvious reasons. And you can't get a job at a gas station. Now, all those gas station owners out there, this is not a diss against you. He just had a thing about guys at gas stations back then. Um, keep in mind, this is back in the uh, late sixties, early seventies. And, uh, uh, so I bolted out of there and he said, now, you've got to go get a job, you know, and when my dad said that, it meant pro- before you get home tonight. Yeah. So I, uh, I bolted out of there and I stood in the middle of the intersection of main street and, and, uh, Dupree drive, which was the street. Our, our business was on kind of looked up ones down the street, looked back the other way. And, uh, the first place I, I went was, Hey, I like Kentucky fried chicken. I'll go down here and see what, what that's all about. So I went down there and, <clears throat> um, uh, applied for a job. He found out that I worked in the grocery business and could um, uh, cut chickens on a bandsaw, which I'd been doing at my parents' grocery store. So mm-hmm. back then, chickens didn't come already cut up from Tyson <laughs> like it does now. So and, and Kentucky Fried Chicken had to cut up their own whole chicken. So I spent most of the time back there cutting chickens up. That lasted about three months before I went and found another job at, a, at a, yeah. another retail store. Yeah.
1: Well, I spent uh, that uh, did it help motivate you
0: to stay in uh, school uh, then? And, uh... um, yeah. I mean, um, when you grow up in a family business, going to school is, is, is like um, a relief. <laughs> I got to sit down all day long in school. Yeah. Uh, when you grow up in a grocery store, you never get a chance to sit down. And um, you know, I can remember in the first grade when uh, I, I had to start a a year later than most kids. I was almost seven years old when I started in first grade. And uh, sitting there, looking around the room, half those kids were crying because they're, they're they're you know been dropped off for the first time for their, from their mothers. I was sitting there. I was in. I was fine. It was. I, I got to be away from home. I didn't have to work. All I had to do was do these little worksheets they kept sticking in front of me. So. Um, I, I did pretty well going to school. Um, I had a natural um, appetite for it, but um, uh, my true um, my true drive, I guess, in life was making money and and being able to support myself. Yeah.
1: Now, when you were uh, moving on to your agency, and you sold it, and, and then the, the opportunity came to be commissioner. Uh, you were appointed uh, here in the state. Yes, sir. Who appointed you to, to the post? Uh, well, go, work here in Arkansas?
0: Governor Asa Hutchinson appointed me to as Insurance Commissioner. Um, I was term limited in the House of Representatives. <clears throat> I uh, um, didn't have a campaign myself um, last year, so I um, kind of put myself out there. Told uh, Asa Hutchinson that I would be happy to help any way I could made him in a rally, whatever. The next day I got a call from him and said, well, you offered to help. I've I've got something I need you to do. And I was thinking maybe, you know, set up a fundraiser or something like that. He says, I need you to run the second congressional district for my campaign. I'm going, "Uh, excuse me? (laughs) That's a pretty big job. I mean, it's, um, it's five, I believe about five counties, But it's the the most populated section of Arkansas, 2nd congressional District district is, around Little Rock and the surrounding counties. Um, So I took a deep breath and I accepted and um, went about uh, getting some other folks uh, to run the, um, uh, to be chairman of the counties and kind of broke that down. And they put on volunteers. Um, The rest is history. It worked pretty well. Uh, We did a good job for him. Um, Spent a lot of time out there. Uh, standing in the rain, holding up campaign signs. Yeah,
1: yeah. What was your What were you excited about most when you first uh, got the news, got the call that the opportunity to serve as commissioner uh, of insurance came?
0: Well, it, you know, been in insurance business for about eighty five years. i oh, not eighty five years. Thirty five years. Um, the uh, I knew a lot about the insurance department. I knew a lot about what they did. Um, there are a few things that I didn't realize that they did. In other words, funeral homes was something I I wasn't quite, um, aware of. Um, they've got, um, they do some very intense auditing of insurance companies, multi-billion dollar insurance companies. So, um, uh, but for the most part, I knew, I knew a lot about the insurance department. The governor asked me, um, what I would, uh, what I'd prefer to do. And I told him that the insurance department would be a pretty good fit. Uh, for me um, you know in and working that capacity um, insurance department is um is is one of the things I liked about it was that we are self sufficient in other words we're we're supported by the industry with fees and and um, uh, all those uh, fees and 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 funds that come from the insurance industry itself so um we are not only uh, self-sufficient, but we're contributory as well. Whatever we make over our own budget goes to help other agencies in the government. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, being able to run it like a business was one of the things that I most appealed to me. In fact, I just had a, a six-month meeting with the uh, the governor, kind of let him know where we were. And um, currently, we are uh, our revenue. Same time last year is up ten percent. Um, we are um, our applications are up fifty two percent over the year before, mm-hmm. so yeah. applications for licenses. Yeah. That is
1: what is the primary revenue <clears throat> driver uh,
0: for the department? The premium tax? Or- um, premium tax certainly pays a plays a, a a big role, but for the most part, um, the licensing fees from agents, licensing fees from companies, drive pretty much yeah. the majority of yeah. it.
1: When you uh, assumed uh, command over here, what was uh, some of the biggest challenges that you faced early on uh, in terms of just scope or getting your arms around or, or issues that kind of bubbled up and, and just landed on your desk all of a sudden?
0: Well, in any business, you've got certain issues that you constantly have to deal with. Personnel issues are, are probably the, the most challenging we've got. Uh, when I, when I started here, we had 198 employees. Um, and um, had to deal with that. We've parred that down just a little bit, and I've put some of my own team in place. But one of the biggest issues I had, uh, I guess it's my second day, and our chief deputy, who had been here for for 50 years, uh, just retired um, just a couple weeks ago. And um, she had been in the department for 50 years and literally held every Every job in this department, including mine, for a short period of time. And um, so I went to her early on. I've known her for a long time, as everybody in the business has, and told her, she said, Look, I'm going to depend on you to show me where the bodies are buried, metaphorically. And she says, Sure, Commissioner, I can do that. So the very next morning, and you remember, I told you I was, I grew up in Jacksonville. The very next morning, I had a line at my door of about uh, two attorneys and three financial people from the department. Commissioner, we got a problem. We need to see you. And I said, okay, what's what's the problem? I'm a big problem solver. And uh, they said, well, there's a, a funeral home in Jacksonville that unfortunately has has a lot of their... Uh, duties piled up in the uh, in the basement, they had like thirty bodies piled up in the basement, like cordwood, and um, we need to do an emergency order to shut them down now when they talk about an emergency order, to shut them down we 're talking about the um, the insurance contracts, the annuities that they sold, the prepaid funeral the uh, um, the burial policies, life insurance policies, and what's, what whatnot and those that 's what we 've got purview over that's something i didn 't know until that morning. And um, I looked at them, and I said, all right, nice try, good guys. I mean, you know, I grew up in Jacksonville. I just had that conversation with my my chief deputy. I said, you know, this is nice try. (laughs) And they said, they all hung their heads down. They said, no, no, commissioner, we're quite serious. So that was one of the first things that that I had to, to deal with. Yeah. But
1: it's, uh, uh other things that happen, like bad weather, floods, uh, tornadoes, how does uh, have you been faced uh, yet with any uh, large scale uh, environment uh, issues that have happened here?
0: Not as commissioner, of course. As an insurance agent, I, I've dealt with them over the years on a on a routine basis. Um, uh, last year, we've actually had more storms uh, in Arkansas than we did uh, this year. This year, we've had a lot of flooding. Uh, but unf- that's that type of insurance is, um, as most of your listeners will probably know is a, um, a federal agency. So we don't, we don't have a lot of, uh, purview over that. We try to help customers, uh, or help our, our, uh, constituents to, uh, get them connected with the right people to make those claims. But other than that, we really don't have any regulatory authority over them. So we really haven't had any bad weather, real bad weather in Arkansas. We've had some little um, gust, and wind storms, and things like that in different parts of the state. Um, the insurance department has um, takes care of all the property, insures all the property for the uh, for the state of Arkansas, all the buildings that they own, all the vehicles they own, things like that. And we have to deal with with claims on those, but nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it seems
1: like we open up uh, the newspaper just about every day and we see something about some data theft or mm-hmm. cybersecurity. Uh, what are you advising the agents and producers out there in the state to, to do or, or go? or, or you know, what, What's your take on the cybersecurity risks that, uh, that are threatening uh, uh, everybody's data?
0: Well, uh, my advice to all the agents in the state of Arkansas is to, and agents everywhere throughout the country, is that nobody is um, immune to a cyber theft individually or businesses. And if you're selling a business policy, uh, you just about have to do it like you would earthquake or flood. Make them sign a waiver that you offered it. Um, about half the time when I offered something and they, they decided, no, I don't think I want that right now, and I say, okay, well, here's a waiver to make sure that, that you remember that we offered it. Um, a lot of the time they go ahead and purchase it. So, you know, you increase your, your commissions there. But from a regulatory standpoint, um, they They really should get a waiver sign and make sure they offer it because um as we just seen in Arizona uh just recently in the last week, um, waivers can be extremely important uh, when you're offering coverage, yeah. and um you know we're gonna have to handle those complaints as they come in, of course that, that well i my business was was uh, put in in great peril because I didn't have cybersecurity insurance. And, um, I come to find out it was offered on this policy. My agent didn't offer it to me. Now you got a really, really big e problem. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now, is there any restrictions on ride sharing companies like Uber and Lyft doing business in Arkansas? What's, what's the present, uh, environment for that uh, type of ride sharing here?
0: Well, not anymore. We, we had a very huge contentious battle with, with Uber and, and the ride sharing companies. Um, when, um, uh, uh, during the last legislative session. And, and by the way, when I was sworn in, the day I was sworn in, the legislative session started the day before. So um, honestly, I do not know how anyone does this job unless they've been a legislator prior or hadn't been involved with the legislature, kind of another subject. But to answer your question, um, we went back and forth with those companies um Mainly the big contention was at what point does the personal insurance end and Uber's insurance begin. And what it came down to was uh, from the time that you turn the app on to the time you turn the app off. Uber was trying to say it was from the time that someone entered the vehicle. Mm-hmm. But uh, in reality, uh, they, we we were able to get them and other commissioners as well able to get Uber to understand that, if I've got a business and I unlock that door, I'm open for business. Whether somebody walks in or the phones ever ring, I'm open for business, and that's where that liability starts.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, I, uh, I haven't done, I apologize for not doing my research coming in. I don't recall if Arkansas did the federal exchange for health insurance or set up a state-based exchange. Uh, what's the status of your health insurance
0: marketplace? Uh,
1: interesting. That now?
0: Interesting you should bring that up. We started neither okay. or both. However, you want to look at it. <clears throat> we did what we called a private option, and which is a hybrid of both the um, the federal exchange and the state exchange. In other words, um, everything uh, it's it, it set up very much like a federal exchange um, going through a, a state exchange, and um, all the companies that do business in Arkansas. Um, are the ones that's, that supply the policies. In other words, uh, they're basically private policies that are, when they reach a certain level of income, are subsidized by the, the federal government at some point. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, are there
1: any other local issues that are affecting, uh, that are happening here in Arkansas that you'd want the listeners to know or hear about that, that uh, maybe they haven't, uh, or maybe things that are coming down the pike?
0: Uh, we kind of handle issues uh, on a daily basis. A lot of it has to do with health insurance and the the challenges there. Um, we have a task force within uh, um, the legislature that's looking at the private option. Um, this last election, Arkansas flipped entirely to a Republican uh, Republican uh, government system. So, um, and all these Republicans ran on. Obamacare or the, the, the demise of Obamacare, hopefully, um, ran against the Affordable Care Act, ran against the private option that we currently have, and even ran against the fact uh, that, that a lot of them, uh, you know, a lot of the, uh, other states have a state exchange and they did not want a state exchange in Arkansas. Um, <clears throat> but as far as, uh, stuff on the horizon, um, you, you, we all touched on the cybersecurity. Uh, that's, that's ongoing.
1: Yeah. If there
0: were things that,
1: uh, if you had just a minute, uh, to, to, to bend the ear of every producer in the state, uh, to tell them something that you want them to know about the Department of Insurance, what would your message be out there to producers who are listening? Yeah.
0: In my last six months, um, of course we, we have hold a lot of hearings on, uh, complaints on, on agents and licensing and so forth. <clears throat> My message to all the agents in Arkansas and throughout the country for that matter is that when you deal with a customer either on a commercial basis, a a personal lines basis, um, any type of insurance, always keep good notes. Um, When that person calls, when when somebody calls in, train your people to write down the reason for the call, type in uh, what the resolution was. And anything that you may have told that customer, because that can save you your your license, your livelihood, and a lot of headache. Yeah.
1: Now, when we started our conversation, you uh, started out and shared this little story about your dad's employment and work practices. But as you were uh, heading out, what kind of advice did your mother uh, give to you that you find that you think back now still is still applicable
0: today? Well, there's lots of... Uh, A lots of advice my parents gave me. Um, Nothing good ever happens after ten p.m. You need to be home. Took that to heart. Um, Nothing ever good comes from alcohol. So um, as a result, I'm always home by ten p.m. and I've never drank. (laughs) Well, Um, uh, I
1: appreciate
0: it. Yeah, that that uh, and don't marry that girl. All right. So <laughs>
1: that
0: sounds like a topic for another interview. It's a topic for another interview, yeah. All right.
1: Well, Commissioner uh, Alan Kerr, thank you for joining us today. And we uh, were really great to have you on the program and, and, uh, and have a good day of uh, continued meetings and conferences.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, hi. You're still listening. Well, Here at Insurance Radio, we love having personal conversations with the most successful executives and regulators in the financial industry. If you know an individual who you think would be a great guest for our program, you can find our email and phone number at our website, insuranceradio.com.